This is Reflections on Common Ground. My name is Manuel Padilla, and I'm the Executive Director of Portland Meet Portland. This is the first in a series of podcasts in collaboration with the Portland Art Museum. In this series, we'll be talking with local immigrants and refugees from Portland, Oregon, exploring the continuum of life as a refugee and reflecting on the Common Ground exhibition by Fuzzle Shake, currently at the Portland Art Museum until May 20th, 2018. In these first three episodes, we'll be talking with students from the RISE program at David Douglas High School, a program of ERCO, the Immigrant and Refugee Community Organization. Our guests will be talking about their lives mirrored in the photographs of refugees and displaced people taken by Fuzzle, as well as their lives outside of those photographs. So, you know, it was important to me uh, that the first people to be heard on this podcast uh, were youth whose perspectives and experiences may not be considered when we think about things like the struggles of finding belonging and community here in Portland as relative newcomers. So I would like to turn now to the people sitting here with us. I would just like each of you to introduce yourselves and uh, tell us where you and your family came from uh, when you when you first arrived here in Portland. Uh, hi, uh, my name is Bedour Amania. My family came from Iraq in 2014 and so uh, uh, I've been in the United States for almost, this is going to be the, my fourth year, my fourth year, yeah, my fourth year. Hello, my name is Hussein Haji, I'm known as Saman. I have been to the United States three years, uh, this is my third year. I am from Somalia originally and I was raised in Egypt. Uh, my name is Yan Yan, I come from China, I'm 17 years old right now. My name is Sophia Mohammed. I'm 16 years old, I'm from Ethiopia but my parents are from Somalia. My name is Ayan. Um, I'm from Somalia, but I grew up in Kenya. Uh, my name is Muhammad. Muhammad Ayub. Uh, I'm from Malaysia, but my parents are from Burma. They they came to Malaysia when they were young. My name is Toy Hit. Uh, I'm from my, me and my family from Thailand. I'm 17 years old. Hi. Um, my name is Samia Sheikh. Um, I am from Kenya, Nairobi. Um, and I came here in 2012. So thank you uh, all for being here. Um, and I just want to start off by talking a little bit about the Common Ground exhibition. And so you, you all, most of you, except for one, one person uh, among the group, uh, just visited the exhibition for the first time a few hours ago, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, it'd be great to just start off uh, by just getting a, a little bit of an understanding of uh, kind of like what that experience was like for you. Um, and just what were some of the things you were thinking and, and feeling at the, at the time that you that you first saw the exhibition? Uh, it, first, seeing this uh, picture is like it's like flashback of our, our lives, our stories that our mothers and parents like have been through. It's not just like a picture that we just see in it. It's like part of our reality and it's like part of our hist our history and things that like my parents and us has has have been through. And seeing these all, they were just really it's very deep and emotional for us. I was really shocked when I said those photos, even though I don't have like any experience of those because I was grow up in camp that was safe and have everything we need almost. And it was really sad to see those photos. Like I have no idea how those people live in that life and just waiting something to happen each day. It's really difficult life to live. I can't imagine how I would deal with that life. You are, if I would be in their solution. 
the first time when I visited there, like I was crying like a baby. And when I'm saying that, I was crying so hard. But the second time, I kind of feel like I already saw what I was, you know, being through. I was kind of like feeling uncomfortable because I was like around with teachers and I didn't want them to feel that all the students cry whenever they see a bad picture. So I was kind of like holding myself, yet still I was you know emotional but this time I felt like I was I can cry and you know I can like jump or like do whatever I want because I am uh, with Rice family and they're like my family so I feel like I am more into that the first word came to my mom was like Muhammad you're lucky my parents moved uh, to Malaysia before I was born and when they were in Malaysia there was the life life was pretty easy for them I wouldn't say that easy, it was a bit, bit hard, but it was easy for them but, and me. So my siblings were having great time with schooling and stuff. But Malaysia is a free country, so we were a bit easy. Uh, i never been in a refugee camp, but when I saw the pictures, there was one of the pictures uh, about a girl who was holding a flower. And she was, uh, she was like about three years old or four years old. And so she was staring at it and without smiling or no face expressions. And that makes me feel that, um, that the, the way he's thinking is kind of connected to me when I was in Iraq, um, thinking about like I have a known future. And she did not even choose her life or choose who was she, but life chose her to be her. So um, that makes me feel that it's kind of related to me and all the immigrants and refugees, almost all of them have um, like goals in their lives, but because life did not go the way they wanted it to go. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. Like just your um, your, your feelings of like, oh, this, this person didn't get to choose, uh, but life sort of uh, chose them uh, for this particular experience. And, they, and that's not something that, um, that they have any real power or, or control over. Right. Yeah, um, and like uh, most of us like have um, faced like uh, more like all of like almost all of these tragedies that were in the picture. So like seeing that a simple picture can like wake up or like bring up bring back all these feelings that you used to have and like and how powerful it is just to like like bring a voice just over like a simple picture like that. Mm. Were, were there any um, photographs, uh, sort of, uh, Madur, like you were saying, were there, were there any photographs that had like any particular um, impact on you or, or, um, or sort of struck you in a, in a certain way? Yeah, um, I would say the camel to the sun, how um, women are viewed in our culture and the way that they're treated and, um, and how like these girls, like by the time they're like 12 or even younger getting married, um, and like specifically said on the picture, like they have no choice that by who they're marrying or not. And if they're lucky, they, they have a good family. And if they're not, then they're gonna have to suffer. And if the woman gets divorced, then her kids don't get to go with her. So I would say like, that was very, very emotional for me because we, we fight every single day to like break these standards that we're supposed to look at. That like women are not supposed to do this, women are not supposed to like have this or things like that. So we're always fighting for a better life.
and connecting to that, uh, what Samia said reminded me with like a picture of uh, multiple pictures that was in the muse in the exhibit about young ladies that were holding children, and all of them were teenagers, mm -hmm. and all of them had not only to survive and suffer their lives as ladies in their cultures, but as mothers in a young age and like to raise their children, their sick ch and old children. And so that's really, really powerful to look at this and how hard they've been suffering through life. And it's also more, more painful for them because as a refugee, you move to new place in missing families, people are died and all that. They are suffering all the people. However, women suffer the most because there is un injustice going on, male oppression towards women and they're like having two, two kind of suffrage at the same time, which makes it more harder for the women. There's a, on pictures, like the photographer take a picture of the uh, moon. The story is that like, she's the wife, 14 years old. She's like four months broke into a house and like, she got right in front of her children. Like one, her, while house, her husband was away from, from the family, so. When she, her husband came back, she, she, her husband, I, I think, did have like enough money to move from the place. So her husband and the daughter left them, I think. So they left to live with the with his family. So that, that one's like for the woman. It's, it's like really sad for her. To me, actually, personally, I think that when I was looking at the picture. I felt like I wasn't really looking at picture, but I was looking at the grief of that picture. And whenever I look at it, I was just thinking about the past and what I experienced. And it made me actually remember a lot of things that I just like to keep in my heart. And it was really emotional. Um, for me, those pictures seem really far away from my world. I'm not a refugee, but as an immigrant from China. Mm, from those pictures, I see a world that's totally different from my world. I see a world that's full of war, sickness, and suffering. This lady, a portrait of her face, of her, uh, she was a leader in the camp, and she's told us the story of how women they got raped and they couldn't defend for themselves in inside the inside the camp. So they are in the camp and still getting abused and harassed and all that. And when they tried to, to talk to her themselves, they couldn't help it. The picture that really stood up to me was, um, I don't really know her name, but I feel like it was Zainab or something. But she was like, she really looked like my mom and and like the way she was covering her head or like, it was just, I don't know. I feel like that was really my mom and that really stood up to me. Yeah, it's interesting. Actually, I, uh, I'm, I'm curious to hear you say that because I, I, when I first saw that photo, and then when I first met you, I was like, oh, that's that photo looks like Ayan. So it makes a lot of sense that it looks like your mom. I think it looks a lot like you as well. And I thought about you when when I um, when I saw the photo for the first time. Right. So my mom actually, when she was in Somalia, I'm from really. Um, small town, it's not really a town, it's a city, it's like third couple city of Somalia and um, it's called Smayo and 
um, that's where the headquarters of Al-Shabaab is right now. And my mom actually got shot when, I, when um, she was holding her baby and my, my, my um, older sister died because of that. And my mom actually, um, she was shot under the chin and she really likes to cover it. She doesn't really want people see it. And I, when I just look at her, that, that picture, I was like really thinking about maybe she had something under that. Like your mom, someone she was that she was covering her right, chin, like yeah. your like your mom, and you thought maybe she had experienced something similar. Something, yeah. Mm. One picture that really stood up for me was like when um, I I think it was something Haji Abdul Abdul something, and it was I think it's kind of like Afghanistan name. I could see it, but like you know he was holding his father's um, you know picture. And he was like saying that my father somehow died in jihad war, and I was kind of like wondering. I'm not really like someone who's pious, but still I know the religion um, uh, very well. But I just don't want people to like feel that I'm kind of like you know, in more. Um, I I'm like someone who's religious, but still I was kind of like thinking about why they still do have jihad or something. Because I feel like terrorist uh, people make up things that were, you know, that are fake or that is true or something, you know, they just combine everything together and they just uh, want people to like think about or like um, think about us, you know, um, because they're the ones that are doing bad stuff, yet people blame us. And I was just thinking why they do have jihad because jihad is like a holy something word. I don't really know a holy word. Holy word. Yeah. So I was kind of like wondering why they have that, and I was I just feel bad and about like why am I alive? You know because people are like social media especially are like um, you know like s spreading rumors about you know not like things that are true about us. That's really hard for you, it seems like. The fact that, that you feel like um, people have a sort of idea about you that you feel isn't true. Thank you for sharing that. So, both, uh, a picture that stands out to me is that, that when I came in, I was looking around and there was a guy in a, in a picture that was holding a poster of a Jesus, his, probably his belief. And I was also a bit surprised, but I was a bit, a bit surprised because when we look at the pictures, we uh, we see the situation of the people in the picture. We look how they are suffering, and this guy is still believing in his God that the, he, the God will still save them from the suffrage. But then I like I look at the name of the guy who was uh, holding the poster and like. Each name and each people that were in, I don't know which country is that, but their name means something, and like one of the name meanings was God is great. Another meaning was like, uh, uh, the God is going to give, but we don't know when is it. So I was like, why are they, why? they could still believe in their God, but you don't, you have to change it, but you, you have to do the changing for, for, for your family and your land and your country. You have to do it. You can like, Trust some. You can ask God to change your situation. You have to change your own situation. You have to change your own life. 
So you just can depend on someone else to do it for you. What are you, what do you think are some of the things that people um, don't understand um, who are looking at the photographs uh, here at the museum, the, the photographs of the Common Ground exhibition? What do you think are some of the things that the people don't really understand about the, the, the lives that those people are, are living currently? Well, there is like a saying that says that um, if you don't really experience something, you're not gonna understand what that is. So I feel like, you know, if all these American people, if they just, we took them all and then put like our shoes on, you know, like show them the reason and why we used to live in that specific um, place and how it is, you know, how hard it is. They will just run away. They will not even leave in that um, whatever camp in like one day. I don't know that because I know, I feel like they don't really understand what it is. And and I'm really, really glad that Basil is kind of like, you know, um, trying to like tell a story about these people because they can't really their voices are not like hard and Faisal is kind of like you know helping them um, to understand what it is but how how do you see um, some of the things that you're talking about right now relating to your to your life here in, in Portland like how do you how do you relate these photographs to 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 your families and to, and to the to the people that you know um, here, right here, in, in, in David Douglas High School, or, or just in Portland, or the communities that you that you um, exist in. Well, the fo the photos that are going, they are like representing the, the history of our, of them, like ourselves. And when we see these photos, they are not like just the photos in the past, like these past things that have been in our, you know, in our history and our experiences. They still affect us in our daily life. It's not just something that happened and has gone. Like we still like have struggles through because of the things that happened to it, and we wish we you you could also see in the exhibit in the pictures. We've seen a lot, so we came here for um, better lives. So we're like grinding every single day just so we can like have better lives. In one of the pictures, it was the Ramadan moon that um, it was talking about um, Zainab and her family and how like they didn't have money so all the family could leave the country so like only her and her oldest son got to leave to like Denmark but but the rest were like held back so some of us here um, still have family back home so where we try every day we try hard so we can like also bring them here and we, we've been in their shoes before and now that we're out of it we want them to be out of it too. Well, I've seen the difference between being a woman in there, a woman in here. It's way different and way different. And then, so when I came here, I have the opportunity to like fulfill my ambitions and like to to do some like to reach my goals. For example, when somebody told like when somebody asked me, "Oh, you're working hard." When I work hard, doesn't mean because it came from something, and this thing is like my past life, and I saw how much I didn't have as much as uh, opportunities as in the United States. And coming to the United States now, I have the opportunity to make goods on my childhood dreams. Mm. So, 
What were some of those dreams that you feel like you're able to realize now? Oh, well, I wasn't able to, I mean, well, I could have been, but it's not easy to be a successful, like, uh, a woman with a degree and, like, can make a change. But now I can be a successful young woman and, like, uh, continue my education and not just get married and have kids. That's not my ambitions. My ambition is, like, more than that and to reach my goals and, like, be a gynecologist. This is one thing, one of my big goals that I'm planning to do. Do you feel like there are some of the same struggles here in some ways uh, as women um, as women face in, in places in, in different countries where, where refugees are coming? Yeah. Like struggle, women's struggles? Yeah, today. yeah. I haven't seen any yet because I just, it's been, I mean, only four years, so I haven't seen a lot of things. But for now, I feel like most of the women in here have the opportunity to do or to be whoever they will. they want uh, as long as they work for their goals. Well, girls back home, um, the highest education you can get is like middle school. And if you're lucky, you get to go to high school. Yeah. We cannot like um, compare the differences between you know African refugees, you know people that have a war or civil war that are going into the United States. But there still are difficulties with especially women having these kind of stuff. Uh, there's one picture that stood out to me the most. Uh, it was a three picture of a three series of a camp in Kenya showing us. And it, it reminds me of a conversation that like most time like I have with my mother. So my like my mother and my parents they wouldn't they were they were they lived in the camps like of the civil war in the Somalia and the terrorist attack and all that to provide a safe environment for themselves and for us they had to move so in this picture, they live in a campus, and my mom, like, she used to tell me a story of how she, like, they'd be, they'd be running off of missiles, and they don't have a food. They're going to go, like, walk like, 10 miles for water. She's a pregnant. She have a kids and all that stuff, and she has to manage all that stuff by herself with, with like, the family, but also now it does have a big impact in their lives now. So now, like, my mother, like, she doesn't speak much of English and all that because she didn't have the opportunity to, to go to school, to have like the war and the civil war that causes them to, to live in a, in a camp and all that stuff. It, it does have impact on them. Like even now, like as they grow older forever, it's, not, it's like a mark, permanent mark that will always be there. Yeah, you were, you were talking about some of the, um, the ways in which people may not understand that, that those photographs aren't just photographs for you, but, but they uh, bring back memories of, of your, your reality uh, and your family's reality. And, um, and a lot of times people talk about that as like, as like trauma or um, in, just, in just the sense of, of like the, the past is sort of always present uh, for you a, as well. It, it, was that true for you or when you were, when you were looking at the photographs or, or was there, did you have a different feeling or a different sense? When I've seen the pictures, it reminded me of some things that I was trying to forget so hard that I was trying to get out of my brain. So that's why, like, it was hard for me to, like, go like go through, like, all the pictures and finish all the exhibit because, um, like, it woke up a lot of emotions that were there for, like, a lot of years. And uh, I think everybody that walks in this museum today should not just look at it as photos that 
there should be like a change because there's a reason why it's being put in like a public place like this. I mean, it's really important to do something and not just watch these pictures and look at it and walk and walk from the museum and go back to your normal life because this is a reality and it's happening in the world. So we have to do something about it. Mm. Thank you for listening to the first episode of Reflections on Common Ground. In our next episode, we'll be hearing RISE students talk about some of their more personal experiences living as children of immigrant and refugee families and growing up as third culture youth. I'd like to thank Nagin Naragi, Program Coordinator for the RISE program, a program of ERCO, the Immigrant and Refugee Community Organization. To learn more about ERCO and RISE, visit their website at irco.org. We'd also like to thank StreamPDX for bringing their mobile Airstream studio to the Portland Art Museum to facilitate this recording.